0: Steven Anime Annie meet Batman, Episode 6, The Unkindest Tut of All. Alright, after a little delay, we are back for a new episode.
1: Yeah, um, when, you, when you say delay, do you mean delay in a week since we've been able to do it, or delay just today?
0: I know, I know. We actually have already recorded a little bit of this episode, but we decided to start over because there were some technical problems. So I'm back in Cincinnati now, so it's a little different setup here, but I think we've got it figured out. I think it's going to work for this
1: episode. Yeah, yeah. I, ho- I hope so. I hope we got it all s- squared away. I'm ready to I'm ready to go with this episode.
0: <laughs> I know. So yeah, that was also part of the delay in the week that it took us to do this episode. I've been really busy with exams, but now I'm on spring break, and uh, last night I drove back from West Lafayette, I drove back to Cincinnati, and... Uh, Took a little bit of time. <laughs> Took like six hours, three hours longer than normal, because there was apparently a new casino right outside of Indianapolis. So,
1: did you did you make a
0: stop in at the casino I, at all? You know what? I thought about it briefly, but then I was really tired. No,
1: I I would have been interested to, if I were you. I guess I would have stopped in. I've never been into a casino before. I've never uh... been. No, I take I take that back. I I did go. I went to I was on an Indian reservation and I went to a casino. Really, where? It was in Tennessee. Oh, okay. I went to Cherokee. That's where it was, Cherokee.
0: Well, my policy uh, is I don't gamble when I'm tired, and I was really tired.
1: Oh, well. There's always going back. We have a few emails. We
0: have one in particular that we're going to read, a really good email, but we're going to do all that after the after we talk about the show, so.
1: So do you want to get into the show, then?
0: Yeah, this week's episode is about King Tut, and it's a pretty good episode. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. You ready to get into the show?
1: I'm always ready to get in the show.
0: Let's do it all right this week's episode is season three episode six the unkindest tut of all
1: all right uh, the unkindest tut of all which i don't even know what that means i find
0: yeah because very odd title <laughs> normally these titles have something to do with the episode or they're more clever like ring around the riddler and the riddler and the boxing yeah, was a ring boxing
1: episode yeah yeah, horse of another color. They're painting yeah. a horse. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't get. I don't get the unkindest out of all. It's not like I mean he doesn't pull pranks on anyone. <laughs> he is he is kind of unkind, I guess. I'm is he unkind in this? I don't know. I don't know. We'll
0: we'll, we'll get into that. So who do? Yeah, right. So do you have the uh, information about this episode?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It was the original air date October nineteenth, nineteen sixty seven. It was episode number one hundred. It was the one hundredth episode. And when you think of Batman's rogue gallery, you think of King Tut.
0: I know, they're like, this is the 100th episode, we gotta do something special. Not the Joker, not
1: Catwoman, <laughs> King Tut. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it was it was written by Stanley Ralph Ross. Okay. And directed by Sam Strangus, who's directed quite a few episodes.
0: Yeah, he has. So, um, we open with Bruce and Barbara, they're in... <laughs> They're in his town car on their way to an accordion recital for a date, a hot date, hot
1: rendezvous. That is a, that is a hot date.
0: <laughs> it's a little weird to take um someone to an accordion recital. I don't know if I would do that for a first date, but Bruce is, I'm, I'm not a millionaire playboy. So yeah, he's what a millionaire
1: I, playboy, that's what they do, accordion recitals.
0: <laughs> so this is a very awkward scene. Bruce is, even though he is a millionaire playboy, he's not He's, not, he's not very smooth. Like one. Yeah, no, he's not
1: smooth at all. It was very I mean, it was just watching, and I wasn't there, I felt uncomfortable.
0: Bruce asked Barbara, uh, would you like to watch the television news broadcast? Because he has a TV in his car, which is pretty impressive for the 1960s.
1: Well, he is a millionaire. I guess
0: so. Um, Barbara, and this was really weird, she goes, is that why the shades are drawn? I guess Bruce, I think he drew the shades expecting, look, I'm gonna make a move, you know, I might, I might get some action, (laughs) yeah. But (laughs) Uh, Alfred's in the car, which is a little weird, if Bruce did make an actual move, Alfred, um, would would he have watched? I don't know. (laughs) Alfred's driving the car, yeah.
1: Alfred, Alfred wouldn't watch,
0: but Gus would.
1: (laughs) A.L. Yeah. Fred would definitely want.
0: <laughs> so. so, Bruce turns on the news, and it's this news broadcast is actually really low budget. The guy giving the news is kind of dull, I think. I, I wouldn't watch this
1: news. Well, you know what? What's weird that I always get, for as big a city as Gotham, supposedly, is 8 million people. Yeah, in this- yeah and they mention that in this it, episode, too. It's a very low-rent city.
0: I, maybe it's more spread out. I don't know. Maybe the taxes are low, so the city can't really afford to... That could be true, I don't know. But everything's real low-rent in the city. The news broadcast says someone has been tipping off crimes anonymously, and it was revealed that it's been King Tut, and he's tipping off these crimes. He's on the news right now, he's about to predict another crime at Andrew's Hockey Puck Factory, which is a, a really creative name for a hockey puck
1: factory, actually. Well, it is creative, because the guy that owns it isn't named Andrew, ironically enough.
0: It's not you? It's not your hockey puck factory? No,
1: no, no, no. Uh, as as ironic as it is, the guy that owns it is named Steve. As, <laughs> I, as, as, as strange as that is.
0: It should be Steve and Andy meet a hockey puck factory, and that's what we would well, name our hockey puck factory.
1: Well, that'll happen later in our run on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, we cut to the janitor in the hockey puck factory. He's watching the news broadcast and he's like, "Come on, this they're not they they, they, they can't rob our hockey puck factory. All we have is hockey pucks. What are they going to steal?" But Seriously, just what then, they steal? Yeah, I, I guess hockey pucks. Maybe King Tut is a fan of hockey pucks. I don't know. It could be. So just then he gets roughed up by a couple of goons. Um and they look really weird for King Tut goons, I thought. Or, they were wearing skeleton masks. Do you think they were King T- Tut goons or was he actually tipping off these crimes? know. They really never made that clear. I guess you're right
1: because later when we saw his henchmen, they weren't wearing skeleton masks.
0: Yeah. Any, I, I don't ask. This I actually would have preferred yeah. an
1: episode with the skeleton gang then.
0: Yeah, I know. They, Maybe. See- There'll be another episode from the Skeleton Gang's point of view, and he's like, who's tipping off all our crimes? <laughs> who's
1: tipping us off? That'd be a good one. That's a fan fiction. That's I know, one. we still need some fan fiction. fan fiction. So that's another and one. This is a fan fiction where the Skeleton Gang goes for revenge against King Tut.
0: <laughs> anyway, Robin answers the bat phone, and he's just been hanging out by the bat phone all day, apparently, because uh, he was just standing right next to it, right as it rings, he picks it up.
1: Well, well, what, <laughs> what they say, when Bruce is away, Dick will do nothing but stand by the telephone. <laughs>
0: So, it's Commissioner Gordon, and he, he tells Robin, look, um, King Tut's been tipping off these crimes. We we think he's up to something, which anyone could have figured that out by now. Well, <laughs> well
1: you know what, actually, what's funny about the whole telephone thing Yeah, is, how do you like to be Commissioner Gordon? Well, there's crimes going on. I gotta call Batman. You call him, Robin answers, Robin, I need to talk to Batman. And Robin says, he's not here right now. <laughs> it's
0: a little insulting, I know.
1: What? The, uh, what do you think was the first thing that went through Commissioner Gordon's head? Because he knows his police department can't solve anything.
0: <laughs> He's like, "Oh crap! What am I gonna do now? I guess I'll wait for him to call me back. Just give me a call back. Uh, I don't know. Can he
1: take a message for me?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> Robin alarms Bruce on their on his little um, uh, like wristwatch phone oh. sort of thing. Isn't that what it was? I don't know.
1: Yeah, like Dick Tracy.
0: Bruce gets the alarm while he's on a date, which has to be embarrassing. He's like, Oh, uh, I forgot that I had a meeting today. <laughs> Come on, Bruce. How do you <laughs> you have a date, do you not remember that you had a meeting? And it's a Sunday. Who has work meetings on Sunday? Barbara probably she probably thinks Batman's trying to get out of the date. But she does too. She's like, Oh yeah, just drop me off right here.
1: At my beauty salon.
0: I have a hair appointment right now.
1: Forget Who schedules an appointment? A, a hair appointment in the middle of a date. I don't know. Uh, this is what I ha- this is what I think with their date. Yeah. They both expected one thing to happen yeah. and because they're so uncomfortable around each other yeah. it's not happening. That's why the shades were pulled. So it's not happening so they're just like oh I got a meeting oh I got a hair appointment let's I get think, out of here. I,
0: I think Bruce wanted to get some action but Alfred's killing the vibe in the in the <laughs> town car. It
1: could be. Al Fred killing the vibe.
0: <laughs> they drop off Barbara. Bruce... Messages Robin on the radio, and Robin's is talking into this weird globe thing, like light bulb, this giant I light bulb. I
1: thought he was talking into a big lamp. I thought he was going crazy at first. <laughs> <laughs> in, in that room that yeah. nobody, no one goes into, right. why do they need to hide or make a disguise for a radio?
0: I know, because the bat phone is just sitting right there out in the open. I don't know. He had this
1: big bright red phone, but yet he has to talk into a damn lamp.
0: Robin's like, look, Tut's up to something. We gotta we gotta stop him. We cut to the opening, and after the opening, Batman and Robin slide down the bat poles, race off in the Batmobile, show up in police headquarters, and they park right out front. Did you notice that?
1: <laughs> no parking zone? No?
0: I know. Did, do you think Batman and Robin ever get tickets? Because they that's obviously, you can't park right out front. There's no meter there. You can't. I, don't
1: I don't know. know. I, never, I never really thought of that.
0: Anyway, Batman and Robin... Learn from Gordon that Tut is hanging out in some tent in a vacant lot. I guess anyone can also set up tents in any <laughs> vacant lot. And he's going to make another prediction, apparently. And Batman and Robin was like, we gotta be there for this. They they race off to the tent. We cut to Tut's tent. He's there. Tons of news crews. They're very interested in this story. And Tut's about to make another prediction when Batman interrupts. And he says, "Look, I'm onto you, Tut. You're making these predictions." He says, "It's all flim flam." He he knows he's committing the crimes. I know you're connected somehow to the skeleton gang, or whatever. And Tut's really pissed that he's been interrupted.
1: It's his moment. It's, it's his, his time to shine.
0: It's his news broadcast. Batman could have had the courtesy to wait to you know to wait, but basically
1: he's embarrassing him in front of all of Gotham. He
0: he probably told all his friends. He told his parents. Watch the news today. I'm going to be on there. And Batman shows up and embarrasses him. It's a little rude.
1: He calls him Flim Flam. I, th- I think Batman was jealous of King Tut's fame. King Tut predicts that
0: the Gotham Soccer Stadium box office is going to be robbed later that afternoon. And that's that's a little weird that they... Weird that
1: they have a soccer stadium? Did you notice how small their soccer yeah. stadium was, though? Was yeah. a storefront. It's not that
0: popular. <laughs> it's your <a> st- <laughs> stadium that sits 20 people. So Batman says, look... We would arrest Tut right now. We know that he's committing these crimes. But he's innocent until proven guilty. It's the Constitution and all that. It's kind of a weird moment,
1: I thought. I thought it was too, where he started talking about the Constitution, and Robin said, gee, Batman, you're right. You get when to... you put it like that, you make a lot of sense.
0: Batman's a really strict constitutionalist. He, he is. He believes in state rights. <laughs> anyway, they, they slunk out. The news crews leave. And then Tut, after everyone's gone, Tut reveals his, his master plan. He's going to gain police confidence, then send the police out on a wild goose chase while he commits the crime of the century. And it's actually a pretty good plan.
1: That is a pretty good plan. I mean, it's much better than the Riddlers or Penguins or Sirens or anyone else's plan so far. Um, But his crime of the century, I wouldn't really necessarily say <laughs> it's worthy of crime of the century. I know. We'll,
0: we'll get into what he actually considers a crime of the century later. But his plan, the one flaw is that it relies on the police to trust a master criminal and and crazy person with these tip-offs. That's true. The Gotham City police are pretty stupid anyway, so maybe it's not that bad of a plan. I don't know.
1: But then he he would have to have Batman buy into it, and it's obvious Batman's not buying into it.
0: Well, uh, yeah, but he has other plans for Batman, as we'll see soon. So, Batman and Robin roll up to the stadium, which, like you said, is just a storefront. It looks just like, it's not. it looks no bigger than, like, a McDonald's, really. I know, it, but it says Gotham Stadium outside. <laughs> so, they roll up. They start harassing the goons that are just hanging out. They, I mean, these guys are just hanging out. Maybe they were buying tickets, and Batman and Robin are like, hey, what are you,
1: what are you guys <laughs> well, doing? Batman hates soccer. That's so true. even if they are fans, he wants to stop them.
0: So, what happened to Innocent until proven guilty? Because Batman and Robin just jump out and start punching these guys in the face. They didn't do anything. They weren't actually committed a crime. They were just standing around with masks on. (laughs) They start a fight, and in the confusion, some old man who we don't really know, it's never really explained who he was. He just puts this tracking device on the Batmobile. So I think it was supposed to be King Tut in, like, normal get-up, but I don't know. But he was really
1: thin. Yeah,
0: it was a little weird.
1: I don't know who he was. I'm assuming he's working for King Tut.
0: Anyway, that yeah, because we cut to Tut and he's tracking the Batmobile with the Tutoscope, which I assume that he built himself. He's a pretty good engineer.
1: He obviously. Yeah.
0: Anyway, he finds out that the Batcave is under Stately Wayne Manor through this tracking system.
1: Didn't he have to call it Stately Wayne Manor though? Couldn't he have just said it's under Bruce Wayne's house or under Wayne Manor? Why Stately Wayne Manor?
0: Tut deduces that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person, and which he's right about, obviously.
1: Well, yeah, obviously.
0: When you find out that maybe the most powerful and wealthy man in Gotham is also Batman, what is the first thing you do? You call up Bruce Wayne on his personal line to tell him.
1: <laughs> what an awesome phone call it was, though.
0: <laughs> I know. So, so Tut calls ba- uh, Bruce Wayne's personal line, and Batman's there, and he's like, where's Alfred? I guess he's out taking a Shopping. Him- yeah.
1: He loves the specials. <laughs> I know,
0: he loves sales, which is weird, and maybe it's another slight on alfred's pay he doesn't get paid very much
1: that was weird too because I was, I was thinking bruce wayne is a millionaire and yet alfred has to like clip coupons
0: <laughs> so bruce answers the phone and of course it's tut and he says look i know about i know that you are batman but bruce tries to play it off all cool <laughs> which is kind of funny this was a funny scene i thought It <laughs> was hilarious and tut says the only way that I'm going to believe that you're not Batman is if I see you and Bruce Wayne in the same place at the same time.
1: You didn't even get my favorite part of the scene, though. When Bruce answers the phone, yeah. his face goes like blank and he says, <laughs> he's not here right now. Oh <laughs> No, no he's, wait I'm sorry, he goes, there's no one here by that name. Yeah, so t- King Tut said, I speak to Batman, and he said, there's no one here by that name. <laughs>
0: What else would you, if someone calls you and says, there's Batman there, uh, there's no one here by that name. It's a logical thing to say, I suppose.
1: Oh, God, I love that.
0: <laughs> the next day, um, we're in King Tut's uh, tent. That's kind of hard to say. And Tut's yeah, there with Bruce, he's, he's there with Bruce Wayne, a ton of news crews, because Tut's got another big announcement. The news is really interested in King Tut, maybe it's a slow Yeah, news they're day. really, they're in the Tut. <laughs> Some guy's just making announcements and like every news station in the city shows up. So Tut reveals that he knows Batman's secret, I- secret identity and that it's Bruce Wayne. Bruce goes, well, let me let me show you something. Let's step outside. He goes outside, and we see Bruce standing there with Batman and Robin in the Batmobile. And, and I'm thinking, how can this be? <laughs> we we know they're the same person. And Batman is talking really weird, but no one seems to notice that, actually.
1: Oddly. Oh, he was moving very oddly yeah. as well.
0: So Batman drives off. King Tut's humiliated. He's lost all credibility now. And then King Tut says a quote, a man who knows he is lost has had it. And we cut to Barbara. She's watching the news, talking to a bird because she's insane. <laughs> she talks she has new no friends. And she's she, she recognizes the quote that King Tut says, and she goes, hmm. She goes over to a bookshelf and gets out a book to investigate further, I guess. Back in the tent, everybody's gone. Tut says, you know... All right, so I was wrong about Bruce Wayne and Batman, apparently, but I'm still going to carry out the crime of the century, which is to steal scrolls from the Gotham City Library. He's going to steal some Egyptian scrolls. Priceless scrolls scrolls from the Gotham. Why are there
1: so many priceless things in the Gotham Library?
0: I know. Shouldn't these be in a museum? They just keep them locked up. They don't want anybody to see the priceless folios or scrolls or anything. Anyway, we cut to the Batcave. We see Alfred using the bat pole, which he's got to he's be careful. He's like 80 years old. I mean, he's old. He's
1: he, looked, it didn't, he didn't look graceful on it at all. No, no, he almost broke his back, I
0: think. We find out how Bruce and Batman were in the same place at the same time. Batman used this life-size doll of himself and some ventriloquism to fool everyone in Gotham City. And no one really questions that it's not Batman, so I guess he did a good job. What I want to know is why does Bruce Wayne... Keep a life-size doll of himself, which has, like, a movable mouth. Do you wonder that? Isn't that a little weird?
1: <laughs> I actually didn't think that, because I was wondering why he had a bat dummy closet. Yeah. Which he mentioned, but uh, now that he mentioned that, it is very weird that he had a life-size Batman doll with a movable mouth.
0: Because it, it looks like it took a while to make that, so he had that before. What was he using that? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. I don't even want to know.
1: Why was Alfred sliding down the bat pole, though?
0: He wanted to kill himself. He wanted to end it all right there.
1: All. Once he saw the bat dummy, he wanted to end it all.
0: <laughs> the, the, the bat phone rings. It's Gordon and O'Hara. And O'Hara's just standing there looking dumb, as usual. Tut has predicted that there's going to be a jail bust. Um, and that everyone in the Gotham City Jail, including the Riddler, Egghead, the the Siren, is all they're all going to break out. Batman says, all right, here's what you do, <laughs> Gordon. Take every single cop in Gotham, send them over there. And Gordon's like, what, are you sure about that? Because what about the rest? There's eight million people in this city. There's there's going to be no cops around. Batman says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of them. Which it seems very irresponsible. Do they really need every police officer to be over at the jail at the same time? I don't...
1: I mean, if you're just busting out egghead penguin... And the siren, I don't know why you would need every cop. <laughs> this
0: riots will break out without cops around, right? I mean people start stealing think, well, things. isn't
1: the whole police department just O'Hara and Gordon anyway? Oh may- well, I don't know. We do see somebody
0: else at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah, you're right, so we do, so maybe there's three cops. We'll get into that though. Gordon says because right, he always takes Batman and Batman's advice on uh, what to do. I guess <laughs> he just calls Batman up for policing advice. It's
1: kind of sad, really. <laughs> no. Seriously, he's never been a cop. He he has absolutely no experience as a cop. He has no
0: idea who Batman really is. So Batman could just be some lunatic.
1: Batman could be King Tut.
0: <laughs> anyway, we cut to Barbara. She's on to Tut. She's talking to her bird. She's insane. She puts on the Batgirl suit, races off to Tut's tent, uh, to confront him. Batman's also on to King Tut because he knows the quote was from a scroll. Batman figures out. That Tut would steal the scroll, which is, a, again, a leap of logic, because maybe King Tut was just quoting the scroll. He is, like, an Egyptian
1: nut. Yeah, yeah. So you think he knows all of the... Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't he just say that?
0: Batman and Robin race off to the library because they figure Tut's going to steal the scrolls. They were right. Tut is there. Batman and Robin chase off after him. But then they see this librarian's tied up, and she's about to die. And then Batman gives this, like, two-minute speech about how... It's better to save a life and to catch a criminal while she's there choking to death. <laughs> but I
1: thought that was pretty edgy for the Batman yeah, show to have someone almost
0: die. I don't think that maybe that's why he's unkind because he almost killed that lady. It's kind of evil. It is. But Batman's also unkind for not t- untying her right away and said he has to explain to Robin ethics. So Batman he he unties the lady. Tuck he's he's got away with the scrolls by now. Batman wasted too much time giving lessons to Robin.
1: <laughs> The librarian gave Batman shit though for not protecting the library. I know that you were supposed to protect it.
0: All the police are gone. What is what does she want? We cut to Tut's lair. He has the scrolls. He's reading them, having a good time. Batgirl shows up, ruins all his fun. Confronts him, fights off his guards with really no trouble. Then gets knocked out by Tut's mistress. And I should mention Tut's uh, I don't I don't know if she had a name, but his mistress is very annoying. She reminds me of Fran, the nanny, right? <laughs> Just yeah. like some New York, New Jersey Jewish woman,
1: I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah really, you're right. Yeah. I couldn't play. I couldn't place so who she reminded me of, but you're right. Yeah.
0: Just then, Batman and Robin show up, knock out the goon, save Barbara, knock out King Tut, and uh, just stand around and start chatting with Barbara about <laughs> what. But while they're chatting, King Tut wakes back up. They knock him out again. Barbara disappears, and Batman and Robin ponder about. Who Batgirl really is. Uh, later, we cut to Gordon's office, and it seems like he's having some kind of tribunal there for uh, King Tut. He's about to send Tut off to a uh, jail. Without <laughs> I, I know, any trial. I thought it was weird. What happened
1: to the Constitution that Batman loves so damn much? I thought it was weird that it does seem like that, and then that Bruce and Barbara are there. Yeah, They're I know. Cops. a librarian, and a millionaire playboy. You can just hang
0: out in the office while. I don't.
1: Yeah, well. While... That would be like in New York City if they caught like a mobster. <laughs> And the commissioner's talking to him, and Donald Trump and some librarian are in the office with him.
0: <laughs> it is a little weird, you're right. So, Bruce has Barbara out on the date. She accepts, of course, because their last date was so fun, I guess, driving around in a town car. Well, <laughs> is... just in the news. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really can't think of anything more boring than that, actually.
1: I, I, can't, I can't either.
0: Anyway, we, we cut to a an actual, real-life Gotham City cop. He's out on the beat, which means he's just kind of standing around.
1: <laughs> Doing nothing.
0: Then... He's he's talking about, man, Gotham City's so boring, nothing ever happens in this town, which I don't know where he's been, because for the past three or four weeks, there's been huge plots, bombs exploding, glue factories being robbed, I don't know. Fuck factories being robbed? So then he sees this car roll up, and this guy light the cigarette, and it was... Louis the Lilac. And and the cop gets real excited, he's like, now nah, something's about to go down.
1: Milton Burles in <laughs> town.
0: I gotta call Commissioner Gordon about this. But he uses a payphone to call Gordon. Don't they give these cops radios? I don't know. <laughs> not not in Gotham. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. He calls Gordon and warns him about Louis the Lilac is in is yeah, in and, town now.
1: And Batman is like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta go." And Babs <laughs> says pretty much the same thing.
0: And King Tut is kind of laughing because he's like, "Well, Bruce has to go because he's Batman." But everyone's like, "Ah, Bruce can't be Batman. That's that's insane."
1: Even but, though it makes perfect sense. Yeah.
0: Get, people in Gotham are stupid. It's,
1: they are. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I thought Barbara seemed incredibly dumb in this episode. Overall,
0: a good episode, though, I thought.
1: Yeah. It, it's not my favorite because it wasn't as wacky as some of the yeah, other ones, but it Yeah, the good.
0: plan made too much sense, really, but... Yeah, it did. It did. It made yeah. way too much sense. We have an email here from a viewer,
1: and Andy, do you have the email? You're a
0: listener. Yeah. A listen- oh, sorry. From a listener, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So we got an email from Ronald. He All writes right. about episode 5. He says, Episode 5 of Steve and Annie Meet Batman was very funny. The part about the racing director being pissed because there were people with top hats, they're fat, they're smoking, and bringing horses in my office was hilarious. I listened to it, rewound it, and listened again. I'm laughing as I'm typing this. As a kid, I never paid attention to the plans of the master criminals, but you guys punch holes through their schemes in an amusing way. Well, thank you. You two have Batman and Robin quality about your voices. I think Steve is Batman to Andy's Robin. I look forward to the next episode. Keep up the good work, Ronald. All
0: right, that was a very nice email. I know we really appreciate getting emails like that, and it yeah, I do. I'm, it makes me really happy that people listen to the podcast and they enjoy it, and they're sort of rediscovering these old episodes of Batman with us. It's a lot of yes,
1: fun. Seriously, I agree, and I, and I like this email because he really, like, really fleshed it out. He talked about he talked about the episode. I yeah, yeah, that was cool.
0: And I think I got. One of the biggest compliments ever, that my voice sounds like Adam West? I, I don't think that's exactly true, but thank you, Ronald. Anyway, so.
1: I don't know. I think I think you do kind of sound like Adam West. Really? In fact, right now I think I'm talking to a Steve Dummy.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> you might be. I, I actually have life-size dolls of myself, and their mouths move. Don't ask why. I don't so, want to know. So keep listening, Ronald, and uh, tell your friends. That's it. So thanks for the email, basically, is what I'm saying
1: great email ronald
0: and you have a new blog right
1: yeah i do um it's it's a, it's a funny everyone tells me that it's a bad url and i and i guess it is cuz i can actually never remember it but i keep on wanting to say children for but it's children of but um it's a review blog i have a review for a movie for russ Meyer's first movie the immoral mr Tease, and there's more to come okay cool so
0: check out andy's blog and also i want to tell people if you like our podcast, you'll definitely like Tom vs. The Flash. It's a much better podcast than ours. Um,
1: <laughs> He's been doing it longer, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're getting better. But this guy named Tom uh, basically reads old issues of The Flash, and he just talks about it. And Yeah, it's a hilarious podcast. Check out Tom vs. The Flash. He's on iTunes. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening.
1: And uh, check out our blog at uh, Stevenandy. And dot blogspot.com.
0: Send us an email. We will we will read them. We really appreciate getting emails, right?
1: Send us our fa- fan fiction. We want yeah. some fan fiction.
0: Our email is Steve and Andy at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and write us a review. Uh, we we have five reviews now, and which is really good. I think they're all good reviews. Last uh, time I checked, but we like to get more, so. And, and
1: they and don't have, even have to be good. They can be yeah. like mediocre reviews. Yeah, we don't. Or, or bad reviews. We don't, don't even
0: care. care. So tell your friends about the podcast too if you like. If you like the podcast. We really appreciate that. So um, that's about it for this. Yeah. Next week is uh,
1: Louis the Lilac.
0: So Andy, thanks for another great podcast, and thanks hey. everybody for listening. Andy, I'll talk to you later.
1: See ya Winter winds is not.